We already have been in all of these parts. We already, we was already in Europe building monuments, having colleges and all of those places. You know what I'm saying? And they came and they was like, hey, befriend us. And you know how we are. We're so gullible because we are lovable people as black people. You know what I'm saying? So we were like, hey, come on in here. We got your back, man. We're going to teach you all this. But we didn't know they were snaking us and stabbing us in our back and they were just taking our stuff and putting their names on it. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the KG Salon Show, Bridging the Gap. I hope you're having a great day because today is the first day of Black History Month. It's Black History all the time with me. But recognizably enough, February 1st, glad to be here. We got my man Jason Brown. My man got an MBA in business, graduated from... Uh, um, James Madison, you know what I'm saying? Been in the Army as an officer. He's doing big things, man. Investment companies, real estate. I got him right now listening in. So, Jay Brown, you ready? Yeah, let's, let's go, man. Let's... Thanks for that intro, man. That made me feel like a million bucks. Uh, you are a million bucks, man. You, you know, you made things happen in this world. Lots of people have not had the opportunity to do or just, just chose not to do it or... Maybe some of us are too lazy to do it, but I want you today to just, uh, um, you know, share your accomplishments and experiences with, you know, with the rest of the people that's listening on the show and just give them, uh, you know, some motivation. So we're going to start off by you introducing yourself and actually, you know, giving a little bit of yourself. You on? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So, hey, like you said, I'm Jason Brown. I'm just a regular guy. Um, but, you know, I've been blessed, bro. You know, I've been blessed to come from a good pedigree, mm. a great role model in my mom, my dad. Nice. So I think that's where it starts, bro. It starts at, at, at home. True that. Um, so from there, you know, my mom taught me the, the the ethos of hard work. You know, I come from a military family. You know, I lived all over the world. I grew up in Germany as a kid. Mm. And so coming, coming back from Germany as a kid to the States was a culture shock. Wow. You know, I came back, I was a teenager. I was still wearing cross colors at the time. <laughs> you know, the whole the whole culture shifted. Everybody was doing something different, man. And I was so used to hanging out with military kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, military kids are different. Indeed. Um, you know, you got people from all over the world, all different ethnicities, cultures. And I get back to Virginia and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a black kid that don't know who he is. Ah. So, long story short, man, I, I, I had to... I had to make a decision, man. I had to figure out where I was going to fit in this this, this world, this society, this capitalist society in, in, in America. It's, uh-huh. it's different than when you're overseas. Indeed. They care about different stuff. Yes. They have different priorities, different goals. Yes. So when I get here, when I get here, I see something different. I'm like, okay, I'm 15. I, yo, I got to do something that makes sense for this culture. Mm-hmm. So... Long story short, man, I ended up going to college. You know, I did the, the five-year plan. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself for a year. But, you know, I, you know, there was a year where I was like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out, man, because college, I don't need college. I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something in the music industry. Right. So, you know, I wanted to drop out, but my mom would let me. She would let me. Mm. Um, so good thing I, I ended up graduating. I got a, um, a bachelor's degree in business, moved down to Atlanta, mm. and... I, I thugged it out for for a good year. I started washing dishes. 
you know, I started, you know, scraping food off plates. Mm. Um, I, mind you, I have a degree at this at this time. Yeah. But I had to take you know, odd jobs to work myself up. So long story short, I end up working at Justin's restaurant. This is P. Diddy's restaurant down in Atlanta. Right. And, you know, for a good six months, they slayed me. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it humbled me, bro. Yeah. It humbled me. Yeah, it humbled me. But I ended up working my way all the way up to like head bartender, bartender in there. And, you know, at that time, that was when everybody was coming in. You got Diddy coming in, meeting his family. Ah. And I'm doing private events. You know, DTP, that was when Ludacris was was, was doing his thing out there. So, yeah. man, I had a blast. All right. I had a blast. But, you know, that 2008, that's when the economy crashed, kind of like the, the coronavirus. Everything shut down. Ah. Wow. So my money was low. So I ended up, uh, you know, doing what... I was supposed to do in the first place. So, you know, me coming from a military family, you know, my, my path was already set for me. I was supposed to get in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, re- I rebelled against that because I, 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 you know, you watching movies, watching music videos. I'm looking at the music industry. I'm like, these guys are kidding me. Uh-huh. I want that. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I want that. <laughs> uh, it didn't pan out for me, man. What I realized when I got down there is um, it's a relationship-driven business. hmm and um, a lot of the guys that were getting put on is because they grew up with other people that were already on. Right. Um, now, to, to, to caveat, in order to get on, especially back in those days, if you had to have a super solid skill or just be connected, one of those two. Uh-huh. And I didn't, have, I didn't have either of those. So I ended up finally joining the military, and that was a blessing, man. I came across some of the best people in my life, man. Indeed, indeed. And that's where we met. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's been a blessing, man, having you as a brother. Um, and um, happy birthday. We just celebrated your, your born day. And that, that was a good event down in D.C. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you told your story, man, to all the people that's listening. Because sometimes you may have your mind on a certain path, but that might not be the path that God has for you. But then the other thing is he can reroute you back to that dream. Because now... Mm. Your homie is the artist. I'm the artist. So you have a chance to actually live that dream still. And on top of that, you went back to school and got your MBA. So now we just put together a business plan. And then we can push me to the forefront. You know what I'm saying? You could use your skills to push your man's. Let's let's do it. I've been I've been on board, man. I never wanted to be a front street man. I always wanted to be the guy, you know, mm-hmm. making sure everybody around me is good. That's for um, sure. So I mean, the the, the idea is there. It's just the, the work that goes behind it and the time putting the time, man. For sure, that's the hardest thing. For sure. Okay. Okay. I love that, man. I love that. That's what I love about you, man. Your drive, constant movement, constant elevation, causing expansion. You know how that is. So. That's, that's what we do. Um, since we love music so much and we have these conversations, what, what is your take on the music industry as of now? Oh, man. You know, music industry is like any other industry. There's cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the last, I would say, year or so, I've been really digging into real estate and understanding, you know, the, the different cycles in real estate. Just like music, man, it's... Mm-hmm. It, it goes through cycles where you really like it, when mm-hmm. you really don't like it, man. Here's the deal. Yeah. I'm one of those guys. I'm open minded, man. So I'm able to listen to the young artists yeah. with a with a with a with a with a ear. Like, let me hear what they're talking about. Let me hear what they're 
what they're going through. I want to understand what their culture is like to them. Indeed. You know what I mean? Yes. And what I love about the young people, man, they they fighting, bro. They still fighting, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still a classic guy. Like my my classic is Biggie, Big Jay Z. Those yeah. are my guys. Like. You know, when I hear that, that's when I sit back and I, I, I roll my seat back in my truck uh-huh. and I crew. Got so to. I'm open-minded, man. I like the young artists. I like where they're going. Um, you know, but I don't I don't like the stuff outside of, you know, the music. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at rappers getting shot. Indeed. You know, getting robbed. Mm. It, I don't like to see that, man. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Um, like, my, my only... Um problem some of my problems that I have is exactly what you just said it's uh like we perpetuate the the negativity of our music you know what I'm saying yeah we push the negative part of our music instead of the positives um and of course you know what I always mention on the show is we don't give the audience variety we only give them a one-sided part of this music and that's just the gangster why, why is that why is that? Because you you know very well the prison system runs everything. So Viacom, I think, owns a lot of these radio stations. Is that a fact? Absolutely. Okay, so Viacom also has a big, big stake in the prison system. Is that correct? I, I, I would agree. Okay, so that might be one of the reasons why only the negative is perpetuated. And also because as, as black people in the world, not just in America, they've always been a target on us because we are the original man and people people want to alter that fact in history. You know what I'm saying? So everything mm. that we do and have done over the span of this lifetime, not just this lifetime, but the beginning of this earth, has been taken away from us and twisted around. So I believe that's why we hear all the negative things going on in the music. That's the only thing that's that's being pushed to the young generation. And it's just to destroy yeah, but us. You know, well, you know, also, too, I, I, I think there's a, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. as much being pushed because, you know, the Internet, man, is a beautiful thing. Artists can make music and just put it out. Indeed. I think it also has to do with it's a preference. Like, people prefer to listen to that type of music. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know what it is. I know, you know, me coming from a humble background, you know, I wasn't the guy out there doing it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like to get out of my world for a moment and kind of see how these guys are living. Yeah. And so I prefer to listen to that sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes it's fine. It's like watching a movie or getting a, a yeah. good book. You know what I'm saying? You want you want to escape yeah. your reality. So yeah, you want to go into a different uh chamber. But yeah. give me the choices to go in these chambers. Don't just, you know, just don't constantly push me into that direction. You feel me? Like, right. give me a choice, you know, if and publicly, if you run in these things like radio stations, television stations and all that, put the variety on there so these kids can see that they right. have other choices. Because it's just like in, out in my neighborhood in, in, in New York and New Jersey, only thing that being pushed all the time is you could be a rapper, you could be a basketball player, mm-hmm. or a football player. So let's get more choices on the menu than just those things. Feel me? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, uh, um, okay. So you 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 said something earlier when you, in your introduction about the culture shock and also how you were treated in a foreign land compared to when you came back home. 
How would how would you treat it as a black man in Europe, and then coming back to to stateside Virginia, and how do you think you would treat it then? Um, you know, I think back back when I was in Germany, my my memories were good, man. I didn't have um, you know, stories about a lot of racism over there that I can remember. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember getting stared at, uh, especially when we traveled to, you know, other smaller countries like Turkey and yeah. Greece. A lot of those people hadn't seen black people before, so they would follow me around. Mm. And, you know, back then, I, you know, I had my starter jacket. I, I was dribbling a basketball. They thought, they thought maybe I was the son of a basketball player, so they would come take pictures. Uh-huh. It was weird, man. It treated me like a little celebrity over there. That's crazy. Um, you got a little but, get, you got a little uh-huh. basketball game on you, though. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I'm nice. I'm <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but at, at the end of the day, you know, most of my day to day was you know around other military folk because we lived on base sometimes. Sometimes we lived right outside of base, so you know, my normal interactions were with other military family. So it was uh, getting back to the States and, and seeing, you know, the cultures is so far advanced. I mean, the, the music was two years ahead. The mm. movies were two years ahead. I had to catch up. Yeah. You know, they would make fun of me. They would, uh, they would pick on me. They would throw stuff at me. And I'm like, nah, this is not, this is not who I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know if you know about the Northern Virginia culture, man, we, we, we started snapping. Ah. I don't know if that, that is not even a word anymore, but, you know, we started making fun of each other. So they used to get me so bad. I would, I would come home, I would figure it out, and I would come back, and I'd come back at them. Yeah. And I started coming back at them. I would come back, and I started getting really, really good mm-hmm. to the point where that was where they had to respect me. And then from there, I was able to develop my personality around that. Gotcha. Um, and so that gave me confidence, and then after that confidence, I was able to use that to get back to who I really was, mm-hmm. and then move in my own accord as a leader amongst myself. Yeah, we we, we got to admit, like growing up as a young black man, it's like being out in the jungle, especially in in our in our communities, in the black communities in America, and right. and and it's it like you said, it's a great big difference when you're overseas. Sometimes, I mean, you you experience less of the trauma of racism sometimes when you outside of the country than when you're inside the country. That's which is so crazy because, you know, as black people, we have to find a way to love each other. Like, I think one one of the things that's missing from us as black people is sometimes we don't love ourselves. And then we try to put that on other people that look like us because all through our lives, since we're young men and all of that, the games that we play is always catering to other people like it's nothing there was yeah years ago there was nothing positive unless you were among people like maybe myself like how my parents were they 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 were free thinkers they let me read different things and so like Malcolm X was my hero at at eight years old you know what I'm saying so if I've always had a militant mind um and that kept me away from trying to figure out who I was or or worried about when someone said something some hateful to me, you know what I'm saying? I always knew who I was, whether I had to fight you or whatever, right. but I always talked that black power shit, and that's that's me. I'm going to remain that way till I go to my grave. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm just... Let, let, I'm, me, Kate, let, me ask you, yeah. let me ask you a question, man. I'm, I'm curious about how how being black in America, but also being African, yeah, changed your perspective. It was you know a different perspective on on your outlook and and how people treated you. Okay, good, good, great question, man. 
Um, as a little kid, of course, it don't. I didn't know. I mean, of course, I was I was born in Africa, but I don't remember too much of Africa since I was so young. Okay, but the kids in yeah. my neighborhood, like when I go to school, it was it was crazy. I just like you said, you got picked on and all of this stuff. I wasn't gonna let nobody throw shit at me because they was gonna get their jaw crack. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So we went through a lot of stuff, man. People trying to chase me home and all that, and that happened like one or two, three days. And after like the fourth day, I was like, I'm not taking Stop this that. no more. You know what I mean? Right. I put my hands up, yeah. and that's how. Well, you know I fight a lot. <laughs> that's how. That's how my knuckle game got good. Cause I was just like, I'm not, I'm not running. I'm not doing this with y'all no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they had to respect me after a while. And and then I, I started building with the guys. You know, the five percenters and all that. And yeah. you know, it came, it came that way. But I've always been an individual. I didn't have to click up with nobody. I didn't have to join no gang or nothing. I just, I educated myself on a lot of things by reading and just experience. Um, and just being on the streets with different, you know, different things. But yeah, it, the the thing about being. Let me ask you this though. Uh huh. Let me. I, I don't want to cut you off because I uh -huh. know this is your interview. And, and you know, oh no no no! You you good? I just I just want to get to the about, point. Uh huh. Go ahead. Okay, I just was curious about that five percent. How did you get introduced to that? And then what? How did that change? I think it was my um, fascination with Malcolm X and the nation and everything else. Because growing up, I, I grew up as a Muslim for one thing. Um, but it was my fascination with Malcolm X and just the respect for him and everything that he was teaching, you know. So, um, and Clarence 13X, which is like, he is the father of the 5% nation. Um, and and the, the teachings that he had, I was just engulfed in it because it was, it was, it was teaching me stuff that I was reading about Kemet and about Ethiopia, all these places where our our heritage go back to, you know what I'm saying, which give us all strength, you know, because only thing they want to teach you in school is about the Romans and all of this stuff, but they're not telling you that the Romans stole all this stuff from the African. So right. that's what makes me so proud to be African. And at, at a young age, at eight, nine years old, I wasn't proud at that moment because my own people were bashing me, you know what I'm saying? But mm. as I was getting older, I was like, man, I'm a fucking king. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm. I'm royalty. So why am I worried about what you say about me? I need to teach you so you can start bugging out on yourselves and, and you know, not loving yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because once you know who you are and where you come from, you know what I'm saying, you're going to go a lot further. And you know you don't let nothing right. affect you, you know? Right. Yeah. Respect. Indeed. So and that and that was the, you know, the the caveat, the second part to to that story was just knowing that I came from such a rich background and that my story just didn't start with slavery. You know what I'm saying? I think, you, yeah. that, and that's what yeah. America, soon as soon as we start making uh, uh, headways as black people, they always got to put out a movie or something that's going back showing, <laughs> <laughs> showing some slavery shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we got to remind y'all yeah. that's what y'all are. You know what I'm saying? So I just scratched all that part because my story didn't just yeah. start there. My story started centuries way before that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we got to understand. And, and just understand that we touched all of these lands before, before uh, 1492, before the Santa Maria so-called uh, landed on, on the shores of the Caribbean. You know what I'm saying? Right. We already have been in all of these parts. We, already, we was already in Europe building monuments, having colleges and all of those places. You know what I'm saying? And they mm -hmm. came and they was like, hey, 
befriend us. And you know how we are. We're so gullible because we are lovable people as black people. You know what I'm saying? So we were like, hey, come on in here. We got your back, man. We're going to teach you all this. But we didn't know they were snaking us and stabbing us in our back and they were just taking our stuff and putting their names on it. And centuries go and then it didn't even belong to us no more. The people are saying that we're dumb. When we created mathematics, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's crazy, man. It's, right. it's crazy the mind games they play on us. Man. Indeed, indeed, and that's what I think us getting a little, being elder statesmen now that we need to teach the young, the youngins, you know, the newer generation, like, yo, this is who you are. I think if we start doing that as black men, because I think black men has stepped out of the community so much. Everybody is just trying to be gangster and be friends with the kids and this and that. Nah, right. teach the kids, man. Your job is to teach the truth to the young black youths. That's your that's Absolutely. your responsibility. That's my whole goal and drive right now, man. And 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 you know, with that being said, that's that's one of the reasons why I decided, you know, I, you know, within this capitalistic society, mm -hmm. you know, racism is a thing, but it's also a social economic issue. Right. You know, because you can be black and be treated like a white person if you're rich. Yeah. So I'm 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 at, you know, I had to sit back and decide how can I get wealthy? I mean, I could do what I'm doing now and I, and I make a really good living. I'm I'm comfortable. You're rich, um, bitch. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm not rich, bro. I mean, you, you are. You are. You're rich, bro. Game. You're rich. Well, my thing is I don't have something that I can pass on to the next generation. And that's why. You know, I spent this last year building this real estate mm -hmm. uh, company so that I can build, you know, assets and net worth mm -hmm. that I can be able to pass on to the next generation. So just like you said, man, we, we have to teach the youth how to get it, yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different ways to do it. We just have to take the time to figure it out so that we can pass it on. Facts. Big facts, man. I, and I appreciate you saying all of those things because those, those are the things we need to be cognizant of and try to give to the other generation because... If we don't do that, then we just, what's going to happen to the rest of the people? I, 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 had a, uh, I had a conversation with this guy the other day, and it was very interesting. He told me, he was just like, I know we talk about the younger generation, like they're a plague or whatever, whatever. He said, but do you understand that some of the kids that was born in the last, like, say, 2000, their parents, what they went through, like, I had to think, like, seeing all the crack vials around my neighborhood and all that. These are those parents, and then they had kids, so they never got right. no counseling. They never got yep. any type of thing. So now you get a kid. We we didn't even um, we didn't even acknowledge mental illness until like lately we started addressing things like that. So you got parents and kids running around with mental illnesses. We never identified. Yeah. We didn't counsel them. No nothing. So now you got kids walking around with pistols and all type of stuff. You don't know what type of mental state they're in. You don't know what type Absolutely. of you don't know what came through them hereditary, you know, that's affecting them to act this way. You know what I mean? So that's Absolutely. why it's good to have conversations with the younger generation to see where they really are. Because sometimes they feel like that's the only option that they see, like that, that pistol or that gang member. Or, or, you know, just like growing up in the neighborhood, I looked up to the drug dealers because they had everything that I wanted. Feel me? Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. So that's that's what we gotta be. Uh, we gotta remind ourselves, man. Some of these kids was put in a situation because their family, how it was, or whatever. Like I spoke to the kid. He was like, "Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, my family grew up as GDs, like generations of GDs." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Since right. he was a kid, they was touching, uh, telling him like, "Yo, those cats on 160 or whatever killed your father." 
So now it's your job to yeah. handle that. You know what I'm saying? So the gangster disciples against the, you know, whatever group is over there, the moles or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's a generation of this going up. Yeah. And 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 even though the games wasn't originally created for what's going on right. now, it was more for community awareness and economic, you know, uh, equal equal opportunities and things like that. But over the right. last few years, I think that people have taken it and twisted it into something else. And it just looked yeah. like a killing machine. So, but I, I think we can actually help each other by com conversing with each other um, and yeah. trying to teach each other who we really are and what our purpose is on earth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we both said the same thing. It's, it's yes. about us getting confidence in ourselves. Yes. In order to do that, we got, we got to know who we are, what we're capable of, what we've done before, what our ancestors have done. We have to do that research, man. Indeed. I mean... I spent the last five years on YouTube figuring it out. Hmm. Yeah. YouTube figuring it out. Like, I, I will go through cycles where I'm up to three, four o'clock in the morning. Right. Clicking on the next video, listening to this guy speak, listening to, to X, listening to, to Luther, or, uh, Martin Luther King. And, mm. and, 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 you know, I'm finding out that, you know, these guys were, I mean, something special when you go and you find out what, what we went through. And, and how we are, how we are today. Yeah. So right now I'm actually reading a, reading a book uh, on poweronomics from Dr. Claude Anderson. I'm not sure if you heard about it. Yes, that. yes, but yes, yes. I know that book. Hey, yeah. fantastic book for anybody that's listening. Go pick that book yes. up, man, and, and, and just, just give it a read, man. It really is a, a eye-opener on how you can set up your own community and an uh, entire vertical where you only depend on the people that you can trust, the people Indeed. in your family, the people left and right, the people in your neighborhood. Indeed. It's a beautiful book, man. It just yeah. in order for that to happen, we all have to come together. I yeah, I was I was inside your study this weekend and I woke up, I went on your bookshelf, I, I started reading that reading the Alchemist. And I also thought like yeah. it, um, read a little bit of the new Jim Crow and all that. So I like I like your library, man. You know, I I am into that yeah, I appreciate stuff that. real heavy. So that that's what's up, man. Um, and I think what 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 I was going to say was that's what this show is designed for. Like my my intent is to bring us together as Black people, regardless of where we came from, what country we live in, and all of these things. We're all we're all one people. You know what I'm saying? We might Absolutely. be separated by land, by water, things of that nature. But, you know, I always believe if you put us all together, um, we can achieve so much more together than separated. And I don't know why Absolutely. certain people, you speak to them and they like, uh, the Africans are different. Or the Africans might say the, Ameri the black Americans are different. And that's the line. Mm. I'm trying to erase <laughs> that line. That's what the show is about. Yeah. I mean, so that's crazy. It yeah, is. most of my friends are African too. That's crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's that's just yeah. crazy. It's just like saying like, I'm from New York, and my man and them from Cali. They still black though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we are tribal people though. We are tribal people. We're, we're, we're tribal people, so you know there there's going to be some complexities right. in every relationship that we have. Right, and and um, I, I have this song called Tribes. You know, my I'm doing a comparison of the tribes back in those ancient times and gangs right now. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. when when yep. you when you when you put in a comparison even in the on the continent, tribes fought each other. They had strife and, and and conflicts in between each other. 
And I think mm-hmm. we still have that mentality even here in America as we have these gangs in different sections of the city and they fight each other. So it's nothing new, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's nothing new. It's just how it's been forever in the human race. It's just like if it's a, lion's, a lion pride rock area and there's a group of lions. If a tiger come over mm-hmm. there, it's going to be a problem. You, you, know, you feel what I'm saying? So it's, we always right. going to have that. I think we are, we are all animals. We are all animals. So we're always right. going to have a problem with someone coming into our community. But the problem right. that I have is we got to stop doing it to each other. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, and that's where that's where we we come on. We, we have to find common ground, and I think yes. that that's what you're talking about. The common ground is yes. We all we're all in the same fight. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fighting each other, but we're also fighting uh, a system that's designed, um, you know, to oppress certain yes. types of people. Yes. And so, go ahead. I'll let you go because I'm no, no, no. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. Exactly that, and that's what bridging the gap is all about. So once we realize. Not who the enemy is. We know who the enemy is, but we we're not we're not them type of people. We're actually nice, loving people. That's our that's us. That's where our heart is. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but we we need to gather ourselves together, educate each other, so we can go further ahead. So we can get more Black Wall Streets. You know, so we can get more Philadelphia. So yeah. we can get all the places that was prospering at our hard work that we built. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and get those things again. Because once we get the economic equality, then we're good. Yeah, that's that's, that's what we have to get. That's it. Yes. And it's all a mindset, man. Indeed. So I want to thank you so much for being here with me, man. Great conversation. You got anything to say to the people before you go? Ah, uh, man, KG, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me as a guest, man. This was fantastic. I open and, uh, you know, we always have great conversation with the gathering, but, you know, you're a great guy, man. I, I already see what's going to happen with you and your music. Your, your your energy is infectious. You know, people just love you as soon as they see you. you got something special about you. You've always been a star as long as I've known you. So, Appreciate man, just that, keep it man. up. Keep grinding. Keep working hard. And, and let's put this shit together. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and I appreciate that, man. You, you, you know you're a great person. I can't wait to come to your wedding. I can't I I can't wait to uh I can't wait to grab that new baby that's coming. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm putting a lot of things in your future, my brother, because I want the best for you, man. I love you, bro. And I'ma see you very soon. You have a great day. Thank you again for coming through. All right. All right, KG. Thank you, man. All right, bro. Easy. Yes. So that was the KG Salon Show Bridging the Gap. That was my man Jason Brown. He lives in the DC area. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. God bless. Happy Black History Month. We love you. One.